Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today in the hot seat is Gordon Stein. And here is a bit about Gordon. Gordon holds an MBA, and he's also a CFEI, which is Certified Financial Education Instructor. He is an international keynote speaker, blogger, personal finance expert, and author of Cash Flow Cookbook, 2 Million to Financial Freedom in 60 Easy Recipes. He delivers transformational talks that help people crush their number one stress, their finances. His mission is to improve financial wellness and help his audience regain focus, balance, and joy in their lives. Gordon combines his trademark with with and storytelling style to speak with employee and associate groups, financial advisors, and the media about a breakthrough path to financial wellness with no risk, minimal effort, minimal sacrifice, and no budgeting. In his spare time, he is an avid sailor, aging downhill ski racer, and not yet great or even good guitar player. And y'all, I already asked, and he's not going to play today. Womp, womp, womp. So without further ado, please welcome Gordon Stein. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Jess. My pleasure, Gordon. And before we dive into the cash flow cookbook and just um you helping people just really gain that financial security via financial wellness and understanding the vehicles that they can use to get there. I definitely want to allow you to connect with the audience in a fun and personal way. So there are two options. And if you've done your research, you know what's next, right? I'm about to find out. (laughs) (laughs) So we can do a rapid fire 10 question game or an icebreaker, what are you in the mood for? I'm good either way. Let's try the icebreaker. Okie dokie. We're breaking the ice with Gordon Stein. Here is your icebreaker question slash statement. I want you to share something crazy that you have done in your life, or what is a fun and interesting fact about yourself? Oh, something crazy. Well, I went from um, being a non-runner to running three marathons. I thought it seemed like uh, kind of a crazy challenge to do, and it was. So I ran uh, three of them. And uh, what an interesting way to learn about yourself and uh, to see a city pretty intimately. And um, it really highlights that we're all capable of things far, far beyond where we think the limits are. So I, I throw that one out. Wow. So three marathons. Did someone challenge you to do a marathon or it was just something that you always wanted to do? It just seemed like it was something that was impossible. So um, <laughs> that was as good a reason as any to, to do it. And um, 
there's an interesting sort of sub story. I don't know how much time we have, but um, when I ran the New York City Marathon, I saw these people that um, had these shirts on that said Achilles Track Club. And I thought, what's going on? And I looked like they were holding hands running. As I got closer, I realized that they were visually impaired runners. So okay. these are people who couldn't see, if you can imagine, you know, running a marathon. And it was a deeply humbling switch because I, would, I went from, you know, being the hero to really admiring the true heroes of this race, people who were unable to see and they were running the whole race, you know, with a guide. And then years later, I guided uh, a non-sighted runner uh, in a half marathon. So it was a really interesting process. That is super cool and interesting. So thank you for sharing that. And Gordon, now we're going to uh, dive into the meat and potatoes of the conversation, which is your beat and jam, is how you help people really establish an overall um, aspect with money because sometimes people do not have a good relationship with money, which is probably why you wrote the book, um, Cash Flow Cookbook with those 60 easy recipes, as well as really understanding what financial vehicles do you put your money in to really give you that financial freedom. And especially since you mentioned that you do it with no budgeting, that's a different twist. So let's let's start to unpack uh, your background and your journey because in order to get to where you are now we need to know what's your back-end story yeah I uh, spent about 35 years in senior uh, VP roles and in, in uh, sales marketing and operations in the high-tech industry I was at companies like Dell and Apple and um, you know really interesting environment learned a lot um, and it really helped me see how just how sophisticated, marketers are to get us to spend. You know, there's an awful lot to it. But back on the consumer side, we, we've not gotten more sophisticated. So we feel this unrelenting pleasure to spend. Um, and then I saw a lot of young people, I'd often have young people on my teams, and they were really troubled about money. And, you know, over lunchtime conversations, they said, geez, how do you grow your money? How do you get ahead? How do you invest? Um, and so I had that in my head, and then I stumbled into a way a few years later to get car washes for free. And I thought that's really slick and not a lot of money, you know, it's saved $25 a month or something. And then that started a pattern in my head and then I found a way to slash the cost of my home alarm monitoring system. And so then there was $50 a month. And again, that's not gonna change anyone's trajectory, but I really became curious about what else is there. And so that led to building this list of ideas and the list became a spreadsheet. Then in the spreadsheet, I calculated the impact of these savings out over time. And then the spreadsheet at the suggestion of my accountant became a book. And at first it was going to be a novel and that didn't fit. And under my breath one day, I said, it's more like a cookbook. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's exactly it. And it became Cashflow Cookbook. So that's really been the journey. And then that led to speaking engagements. It became a newspaper column and I've been busy ever since. Wow. And it's incredible that you said you found a way to give away car washes for free. Then you found a way to slash your alarm, your home alarm monitoring system. So then by saving um, the money, then you could begin to diversify that and put that money back into another vehicle where your money begins to work for you. Is that what you did? That's that's exactly it. But I was more interested in really helping others, you know, I was in good shape and, and moving to a place of financial freedom, but so many people struggle. You know, just one stat that's interesting and sad in the US, 64% of Americans 
will retire with less than $10,000. And $10,000 is a decent piece of money, but not if you have to live on it for 40 years. So there's so much need to help, you know, car loans that were 36 or 48 months are now 72 months. And lots of them are 96 months. So you can just see people getting farther and farther where they're just barely treading water. And the whole point of cash flow cookbook is let's move that water down. Let's create some airspace between what we save or what we earn and uh, what we spend and freeing up more money for savings. So that was the premise and doing it without hassle, without effort, without budgeting. Absolutely. And now I want you to hold up that book because I want those who are see, see, who are watching the video to see the cover of the book. And there is definitely intentionality behind your cover. So did you design the book cover yourself or did you work on it with a um, graphic designer? Walk us through your thought process of the book, but yeah. still hold it up so they could see. Oh, okay. Well, I'll go back. So this is the original Canadian edition looks like this. And then I did a complete revising of it and uh, put up the US edition looks like that. So um, what was it was a very interesting process. I'll put this over here. Um, let me get the US one for you. Um, really interesting process. And I worked with um, the folks at 99designs. And uh, it's quite remarkable because I had artists from all around the world offering up their ideas. And you know, the book is Cashflow Cookbook. It's about personal finance. The cook, it's in the format of a cookbook, but it's not a food book. But it was interesting because so many of the designers didn't get that and had these elaborate food-related covers. And so I'd give them the guidance and say, no, it's, it's about personal finance, about freeing up cash flow. And the individual who did this, who I think was in the Philippines, so nailed it. Because the whole point of this is you're revealing cash, and actually you're revealing cash that you didn't know that you had. So that's where the, the cover process is really quite interesting. And, um, and this one artist just nailed it. And so we carried on, my editor and I, and worked with her to build out the design. But it was a really interesting creative process. That's really cool. And the reason why I asked about the book cover is me being an author myself, it's like the cover could either make or break the book. So it's like people, whenever they're going through, you know, Barnes and Noble or some of the other brick and mortar stores, they look at a cover and they'll be like, hmm, okay. And they'll either grab the book or they'll just keep on walking by. And I'm like, why is it that people don't just stop to look at the content inside the book? But what is it about the cover that just draws them in? Does that one draw you in? Yeah, well, whenever I see the cover, well, one, I'm a foodie and my husband used to be a chef for a number of years. Oh, wow. So when I see the silver thing, it's like, oh, it makes me think about room service. And then when I see cash, I was like, ooh. <laughs> That's the idea. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, cash is a little bit like your name. You know, if someone says your name, you're, you know, it instantly grabs your attention. And the visual of money, I think, does something similar. So that was the idea behind the cover. Absolutely. And not everyone has a good relationship with money because maybe they didn't have a good example of someone who taught them how to steward their finances accordingly. So um, me being a millennial, there's a lot of millennials that want the shiny bells and whistles. And I was one of those for so long until I married my husband. It's like, I gotta have the latest and greatest car with all the bells and whistles. But then 
whenever you drive that car off the lot, it depreciates. So you're already down, down the hole with depreciation versus if you just take time and be diligent with what you're spending, why don't you spend your money on something that is going to be an asset, not a liability, something that is going to allow you to make money. So whenever you think about it, I'm like, okay, if you break it down, what are your wants and what are your needs? Are your are your wants going to get you closer to that financial freedom or are they going to put you in financial debt? Yeah, yeah go ahead. No, no, no. So I want you to chime in there because yeah. I think you need to break those two apart. Like from my perspective, I'm definitely not a subject matter expert like you are, Gordon. So I would love to hear your take on it and maybe like so a few recipes that you could bring into the community today. Yeah, so here's the thing. Everything that you said is true. <clears throat> but if I were to approach you when you're in that headspace and you're excited about getting great clothes and you know your car with all the bells and whistles, and I said, oh, you, what you should do is really cut down and you know reduce all that, get things on a budget and reduce your costs and, and save more, you, you know, you, you might walk away, you might slap me, I don't know, but it probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't go very far. It's too big of a, a leap for most people. So <clears throat> what I talk about in the book is don't start there. Don't start with the nice car and the latte and all that. It's it's we're too emotionally invested in that, and we're we're gamified in that direction. So rather than do that, I like the idea of starting with I call it broiling a bill because there's lots of bad cooking puns in cash flow cookbook. So you want to start off by broiling a bill. So I'll just throw out an example. Very quickly online, you could do a comparison of car insurance costs. And if you have a family where let's say you have a couple of cars and two or three drivers in probably 15 minutes, you could free up $200 a month by just doing some comparison shopping. So there's a great example. Um, and what did you give up when you did a comparison shop on your car insurance? Absolutely nothing. You didn't change your lifestyle, not one bit. But look what you did. If you could free up, let's say $200 a month, you give that to your wealth advisor. Um, and that's going to start to grow and, and grow quite dramatically. So that can make a huge difference, just that $200 over the course of 10, 20, or 30 years. And then you keep going with it. So the idea of the book, book starts off when we look over the shoulder of this couple, Eric and Keisha, and they make a series of financial discoveries. In fact, starting with that car insurance one. And when you look at them, you say, gee, that's awfully easy. And they keep freeing up this cash. They pay down a bit of debt with it. Then they free up even more cash because they don't have the credit card debt. They give that to Wanda, their wealth advisor, and she's investing it for them. And by the time they hit retirement, they've added another million and a half to their retirement. And it's all steps like the one I just mentioned. And as the reader, you look at it, you say, I could do that. I could do that. And yet here they are with an extra million and a half in retirement. And the average American retires with less than $200,000. And that is not enough, believe me, let me tell you, especially no. in the state of Texas where I reside and looking at the luxury 55 plus communities, what they pay for rent, and this is just rent, y'all, it's three grand to four grand and that does not include groceries or your other expenditures. So imagine if you only have $200,000, let's, we're using this number, and you're supposed to pay for your, your living expenses, your groceries, and et cetera. How long is that money going to last you? Not very not, long. 
Exactly, not very long. So why aren't we taking the necessary steps right now when we're young to make sure that we have enough cash flow to live off based on your quality of lifestyle that you want. And sometimes it's not always glamorous to save, but if the pandemic hasn't taught you anything, then I'm not sure where you have been. If you've been under a rock or if you've just been outer space, because it definitely has allowed us to hit the reset button, no matter what your socioeconomic status was, when the world was shut down, it forced brick and mortar businesses to pivot and go online. Those who did not wanna go online, their business doors were closing. It forced different people who had two incomes to go down to one income, because maybe their spouse's industry didn't do well and the industry was closing down. I spent 12 years in oil and gas and I was laid off in the pandemic. I never thought thought about being laid off, especially working in global supply chain, having a supply chain degree for a Fortune 500 oil and gas company. But what did I learn? I learned the skills that I have. You could take those and you could build upon it. And the same way you're building someone else's empire, you could build your own. So I just say that to just put things into practical terms there. But Gordon is definitely going to give you a playbook because there's different ways where you can make smart investments. There's different ways that you can save. Like one way for those of you who have your money on the stock market, right now the market is very volatile. So does it make sense to put your money in fixed annuities versus variable annuities? When the market goes up, your money goes up. But when the market does not does not go up, your money does not dip. So what are some ways that you could have smart investments so your money can begin to work for you? And Gordon, what are some of the ways that you and your family have been able to work on becoming financially free? Yeah, so I think the first step is this idea, and there's 60 ideas in Cashflow Cookbook to free up this cash flow. So we can go back and look at some of those if you like later on. Um, you know, from an investment perspective, I think it, you have to take a long-term perspective. If you um, if you think about investing, you know, the most common question I get when I'm doing a speaking engagement, and I'll often talk about growing this money at 7%. You know, you free up the money from a particular recipe and cash flow cookbook, you grow it at 7%, here's the wealth that you get to. People always inevitably will put up their hand and say, well, hang on, where do you get the 7%? You know, my bank's only paying three quarters of 1%. Uh, how do you get 7%? And the answer is really quite remarkable. If you look at the S&P 500, which is a proxy for the overall U.S. stock market, the 500 largest companies. And if you look at it from its inception, going back about 50 years to today, it's average close to 10%. It's grown at about 9.8% compounded. So how do you make that money? Well, you just don't mess it up. You know, you don't try and get in, don't try and get out. You don't take tips on investing from your Uber driver. You don't <clears throat> you run off chasing this cryptocurrency and that cryptocurrency. It's these long-term vehicles. Real estate is one. It's long-term growth. And um, I think equities in the stock market is another, but there's plenty of other ones. You could invest in your own small business. Lots of things you can do, but it's a long-term process. It's not about dancing in and out of Robin Hood, buying six of these and 10 of those. And, oh, I heard about GameStop. It's none of that. It's this long-term buy and hold. And if you look at it along the way, inevitably, there's been changes in U.S. presidents from one party to the other. We've had 
you know, 9-11, we had the 0809 financial crisis, we've had stagflation, we've had all of that stuff. And over the long haul, you're still earning, you know, well over 9%. With the caveat that what's going to happen next week, no one has any idea. People sometimes say to me, hey, I'm saving up for something in two years. Where should I invest? The answer is no. If it's only two years away, don't invest because there's no saying where it's going to be in two years. That you do want in your high interest savings account or your treasury bills. But investing is a longer term thing, long horizon. Right now, we've had this horrific dip that we're seeing this year, 10, 20%. That's okay. We're not spending all our money tomorrow. You're in it for the long haul. And idea, if you're working, you want to keep investing, keep investing. You're buying up, you're buying down, you're averaging it out. And over time, you're going to grow that wealth. Okay. So whenever people say you buy low and you sell high, do you think that involves various industries or does that only apply to the stock market? Because we've all heard, oh, okay, yeah, you've lost that money, but we're in it for the long haul. The market's going to go back up. But then what happens whenever someone is like a baby boomer and they lost over maybe 40000 This is just going to be a big number. $40,000, because we all saw what happened in 2020 when the market was at its lowest, 37%. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, they were banking on this money to retire, and they didn't have anywhere else that they were investing. What would you say right. there? Well, I, you know, I think, again, it's it's a game of, of playing it out over the long haul. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, the buy low, sell high, it's great, but our, our psychology really runs 180 degrees from that because, you know, let's say you had amassed, I don't know, a million dollars um, around the time of COVID, you know, a couple of years ago, and the market's dropped by about 30% of that point. So we all know you buy low and sell high, but what are people doing when they watch their life savings drop by 30%? Buying more? I'm going to say unlikely. Most people are going to say, oh my goodness, what if it goes to 50%? What if it goes to, we can't bear the thought of losing that money. It took us a lifetime to accumulate and to see it all drawn down during COVID. So the problem is our psychology works opposite of that. When the markets are in free fall, you want to get out and hang on to whatever you have left. And when markets are soaring, you want to get in because it's soaring and your brother-in-law just made another $30,000. So our psychology tells us to, you know, to sell low and buy high. It really does, even though the right thing is, is the opposite. So the better approach to all of this is not to time the market. It's the idea is time in the market versus timing the market. And that's why it also makes a lot of sense to have a wealth advisor between you and the sell and the buy button, because the odds are you're going to lose. You won't get the the time to get out right. And then even if you do, you probably won't get back in at the right time. So it's a fallacy, I think, to time the market. Mm, Okay. So time in the market, not timing the market. That's a new one that I have not heard. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to throw you audible here, Gordon. Is there anything else that I didn't ask that you want to say to add value to this conversation, just to put things in context for the audience, because we all know that different financial advisors, financial planners have their own spin and remix when it comes to investments. Yeah, I think the big thing, let's go back to this idea of freeing up cash flow, because that's really central to the book. If I can, I'd like to give you a couple more examples just to get people thinking 
Um, and some of them are really quite remarkable. You know, you often hear this business about giving up your latte and so on. And, you know, I, I like my latte. So you have this tug of war, but there's so many of these ideas. They're in Cashflow Cookbook that can really make a difference without giving anything up. So an interesting example is your credit score. And most people don't even know their credit score. And you can often have people who are, you know, relatively high income earners. Maybe they miss the odd bill payment. Maybe there's some errors on their credit report and their credit score isn't as high as it should be. Well, the impact of that is massive and it's hidden, it's stealthy because we don't really know. So as an example, your credit score can swing the total cost of interest in a loan by 70%. It's massive. It can also swing the cost of your car and home insurance by 30 to 50%. So, you know, you can have, imagine twins, they buy a very similar house, very similar car, one's paying 70% more interest and say 40% more in his car insurance, 50% more in his house insurance. So one of the recipes that I talk about in Cashflow Cookbook is get to know your credit score. If there's errors on it, get rid of those errors. And there's a great opportunity to lower all kinds of costs. So there's lots more of those recipes across every area of spend. But the, the underlying principle is rather than going after these fun discretionary things, the lattes, a glass of wine, dining out, you can get there. But I would start with the more boring bills, easy ways to reduce the cost of your cell phone, you know, your entertainment costs with TV and cable, um, car insurance, home insurance, life insurance, mortgages, all of these things can be reduced. And I lay out exactly how to do that in Cashflow Cookbook. And that's where I would start. And then next key tip I would say is get to know your wealth, what you own minus what you owe. And if you track that, it starts to really change your headspace. You get re-gamified and it changes your relationship with money. I'm over here like, ooh, wow. Because when you think about it, it is practical because, you know, Instead of like, you know, cash is king, sometimes they're like, what's your credit score? You may have all the money to pay for, for that outright, but they want to know what your credit score is. And you said, I don't want to buy on credit. I want to just use this cash to pay this item. So if we think about how important a credit score is and just really understanding the credit score, what feeds into building that credit score up and looking at the numbers, then we're already ahead of the game. And I tell people I have, I have my credit score and I make sure that I also put a credit lock on my credit score because if someone were to get my identity, I don't want them to charge up things that aren't me. So I like to monitor my credit because your credit, your credit score is kind of like your social security number. You don't just want that information to be compromised. And then I also liked um, the, other, the other analogy you just mentioned there too. Gordon, I think that's very beneficial. And I think more people need to realize that there are practical methods in order to get them where they want to be. And it's not going to happen overnight. And you definitely have to take actions in order to get where you want to be. That's it, exactly. But I think you can do it easily and you can do it without budgeting and you can do it without giving up anything. And that's the beauty of a much, much easier path to financial freedom. So I think more people will resonate with that because if they hear oh, Gordon says, I don't have to budget and I could get financial freedom, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. So Gordon, let's jump into the call to action. What is your call to action for our audience today? 
Well, I think it's really the best investment is always knowledge. So I really recommend people get a personal finance book a month, add it to your library, you know, 20, $25 a month, nothing better than that. Hopefully one of those books is cash flow cookbook. And it's a great start because it shows you how to free up that cash flow that you can then apply to incremental investment. <clears throat> so cash flow cookbook, you can get it on Amazon as either a Kindle edition or as a paperback book. Amazing. And now for the moment they've been waiting for. So Gordon, we've heard all this incredible information, but how can they connect with you via your website and where do you primarily hang out on social media? Yeah, great. So uh, my website is cashflowcookbook.com. If you go on there, it's not that hard. If you go on there, uh, you can find out how to reach me. Um, I also do a lot of public speaking for, for companies, for wealth advisors. So if you're looking for a speaker for an event, you can reach out to me uh, there. And social media, pretty much all the handles are Cashflow Cookbook. Other than Twitter, that wouldn't give me enough letters. So it's Cashflow Cookbook without the two O's at the end. Cashflow Cookbook, Cashflow Cook BK. Um, but yeah, I do blog posts on there. I spent the last couple of months writing this brand new US edition. So I've been a little slow on the blog post. I'll be getting those rolling uh, again now that the book is out. And there you have it, listeners and viewers. You just heard Gordon Stein, and he talked about how you can achieve financial freedom using his 60 recipe cash flow cookbook, not cooking recipes cash flow recipes. So make sure you tap in with him. All of his contact information will be in the show notes, but you have to read and scroll on down. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. And you can see this video recording on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S with Genesis Amaris Kent for all things video, this video and other ones. And lastly, but not least, my big ask for you is to continue to support the mission. We are looking for brand sponsors. As you are aware, we're now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts, and we wouldn't have been able to get there without you. So now I need another ask, branding sponsors. So if that is you, spaces are limited, but you can find more info by heading on over to the website, which is my name, genesisamariskemp.net, or sending me an email at genesisamariskemp at gmail.com to learn more info. Until the next segment, next guest, peace love and lots of blessings have yourself an amazing day and thank you for supporting gordon stein and myself thank you for listening to another segment of gems podcast hope you enjoyed this recording make sure you like comment share and subscribe to gems podcast on your audio platform as well as our youtube channel gems with genesis amaris kemp We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services, to be here on GEMS Podcast.